Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Thursday, Tuesday edition of the program. Wow, I'm way ahead of myself here today, but uh, glad to have you with us as we kick off this Tuesday program, and it is game day today. Indiana with a big matchup on the road at Michigan State, number 17 Indiana, after the slip-up with uh, Northwestern last week. The Hoosiers dropped a few spots, 19-8 and overall, 10-6 and in the conference at Michigan State. 16 and 10 and 8 and 7 in the conference. We always say this, and it is true, it gets no easier each and every day as things go on toward the Big Ten tournament in the conference. Road games are tough. Every game is tough. There are really only one or two maybe teams in the conference that you can say uh, when you see those matchups, it's pretty surefire the other team is going to win. Uh, this obviously is not one of those games. Michigan State not having a banner season, but Coach Izzo always dangerous. This program always solid. Indiana a tough challenge tonight on the road. It's a 9 o'clock tip-off and uh, on ESPN tonight, by the way, as well, from East Lansing. Michigan State a three-point favorite, which is kind of par for the course in the Big Ten so many of the games, the home team, regardless of records and everything else, is going to be the favorite, at least a narrow favorite, and that's the case tonight. So can Indiana go on the road? Uh, can Indiana get another win as we really start at this point, I think after this game, to turn and look at what is ahead as far as the Big Ten tournament because we are coming down the stretch. We are entering that final push toward the end of the regular season, but an interesting game coming up tonight. Uh, no question, I think this will be a tough one for Indiana. This team can win. I think they've proven that to us over the last three or four weeks. They can win any game, I think, basically, that they are involved in. But this will be a tough one on the road at Michigan State tonight. Welcome into the show. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in moments. We'll take a look at some headlines of the day, more on IU Michigan State. Also, a couple high school basketball notes, a couple games tonight in the area. Also, a few things I wanted to mention coming out of the weekend as well. And then uh, a shout-out to Justin Betts of Providence. He is about ready in the coming weeks to conclude what's been an outstanding career for him over at Bellarmine. And just amazing, the course of his career from graduating from Providence as a senior to going to Bellman that he committed to and signed with as a Division II program. And, of course, they have since made their transition in a big way to Division I. So we'll talk about Justin Betts here today as well. Also, later in the show, 
Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. He always joins us on Tuesdays, and it's always great to have one of these uh, wonderful IU guests with us here on game day to preview everything. And, of course, Mike is the author of the Daily Hoosier, uh, covers Indiana basketball from wall to wall, and he'll join us later in the program today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. You know, I'd love to hear from you. Love to get your text, your questions, your comments. We take them on anything. IU basketball, we've had some about the women's team, who is absolutely red hot as well, uh, and some high school, some local stuff. We always take your input, 502 414 1450 is the Thornton's text line. Right now you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito, and any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app and register for Refreshing Rewards to earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. And let's get into some of our headlines today. Uh, Indiana, back on the road tonight. I mentioned a 9 p.m. tip-off. And I think first, before we even talk about basketball tonight, you have to think about what an emotional place it will be at the Breslin Center, the home of Michigan State tonight. First game for Michigan State since the tragic shootings. Three students killed on the Michigan State campus a week ago. Five injured in that shooting. Uh, I know every game since then, including the big Michigan-Michigan State rivalry game, uh, Michigan wore special warm-ups. There was like a green light that uh, kind of took over the maize and blue there before the game, which was really cool. And uh, just some neat tributes that have been done to Michigan, uh, for Michigan State, and rightfully so. And I know Trace Jackson Davis even spoke about the shooting uh, in the uh, press conference after the Illinois game and mentioned he really thought a lot of Coach Izzo and he knew that the crowd would be emotional and really rocking for this Tuesday night game. So before you think about basketball, you got to keep things in perspective and what a tough time it has been on that campus and you know really every campus. When something like that happens, you realize that it can happen anywhere. And uh, obviously tonight will be a special night for Michigan State, as it should be. And I think emotional is a very good way to frame uh, probably the, the attitude, the mood of the crowd tonight. And uh, so it's been neat to see Michigan State, and I, I think the world of Coach Izzo, just as a coach, uh, neat to see them get some special treatment as they should, as the whole school, the whole athletic department should uh, during this time. But Indiana beat Michigan State going back to the first meeting, 82-69. That game was uh, about a month ago, almost to the day, January 22nd at Assembly Hall. And that was really in Indiana's first week or two, maybe a little longer than that, of surging and playing better basketball, really playing better defense. And Trace Jackson Davis coming on strong, even to a more consistent and more strong level than maybe what he had been some before that. In that game, though, if you remember, Tamar Bates was big. He had 17 points off the bench. He hit five of six three-pointers that he attempted in that game. And I, I think probably the day after that game, uh, we were thinking Bates had officially turned the corner and would become a real player, role player for this Indiana team. But since that time, when Bates had 17 against Michigan State, 
since that point, he has scored 22 points in eight games, uh, which is really unbelievable. I thought at that point in, in mid to late January that Tamar Bates was going to become uh, really a key cog on this team, and that simply has just not been the case. Of course, Trace Jackson Davis was really good in that game uh, as normal, and Trey Galloway also was good as well uh, in that contest. He was 3-for-3 three three, uh, from long range and had 13 points. So just kind of a refresher on how Indiana was able to get it done a month ago. Uh, obviously tonight, uh, this Michigan State team, I think, has, has been playing better basketball. They've had some ups and downs this season, but it's going to be a big one. It's going to be a tough one. It's going to be an emotional game tonight, as I mentioned, at Michigan State. And uh, we'll see if Indiana, Trace Jackson Davis, you know you've got to count on him for a big performance. You've got to hope that Jalen hood Chafino is fairly consistent throughout with a good performance. And then from there, the rest of things can figure themselves out, to be quite honest. But definitely an interesting game coming up, a 9 o'clock tip tonight. And that's a good deal because it's a fairly busy night with high school basketball tonight. Uh, Jeffersonville, New Albany, both play other teams in action here on this Tuesday evening as well. And an interesting game tonight at the Doghouse in New Albany. Uh, a very good Brownstown team will come to New Albany tonight. And I don't know that New Albany will be able to hang, to be quite honest. Brownstown is really good. New Albany has not been playing their better basketball here this season over the last few weeks. But it will be an opportunity to see Jack Benner, who we've bragged about so much this high school season. He's had a terrific year, committed to Purdue, done some really big things. He even drew extra attention when he ripped down the backboard on a dunk there in that Silver Creek game back in January. So he'll be at the doghouse tonight. He can really fill it up. He can really pass the basketball as well, something I really like about him. And he seems to fit that Purdue mode very well. So if you're interested in seeing him, I know we've talked about him a lot. He's had a lot of headlines here in the area, rightfully so, with his performances so far in his high school basketball career. You can see him up close and personal tonight at the New Albany Doghouse. So that will be interesting. Of course, Brownstown gearing up for the sectional. We all know the potential for a Brownstown and Providence rematch in the Friday semifinals uh, a week from this Friday night. One other high school basketball note, I mentioned this on our tournament pairing show Sunday night, which by the way included 10 coaches from across the area. And if you've missed that, I've had a lot of messages. How can I go back and find it? It's in our podcast feed. So just search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you listen to podcasts and look for that Sunday date and tournament pairing special and you'll find that there. But I know we mentioned this on that show. I don't think I mentioned this yesterday, but a real big exclamation point out of the weekend as we get late into the high school basketball season was Silver Creek getting their 11th win of the season. They're just hovering right around 500, 63-49 over Providence. Providence had won 14 games in a row heading into that Silver Creek game. And Silver Creek has been so good now for so long, they are having a little bit of a down year, but they've had a lot of injuries and other things to deal with. Caden Oliver has been really good all season long. He had 13 against Providence on Saturday. But Hayden Garten, who's back and healthy, he had 18 for the Dragons. Jace Burton also had 18 as well. Really big win for Brandon Hoffman's team as you start to think about that 3A sectional at Charlestown. And now Silver Creek not the favorite. This is the first time in a while that Silver Creek has not been the favorite of that sectional. But 
uh, a win over Providence and that type of performance with three in double figures, almost four players in double figures, remind you that Silver Creek's got some experience. They've got a really good leader in senior Caden Oliver. They've got some other weapons that are now healthy. And this team, could they compete for a sectional crown at Charlestown? I think the answer is yes. And you talk about a big game for Silver Creek. If they can move past that first-round game, a Friday night semifinal against Scottsburg, who's the favorite in that sectional, I think unanimously on paper at least, that would be a really big matchup. But a big win for Silver Creek over the weekend. I wanted to make sure that we mentioned that as well. Need to see all the praise that Grace Berger is getting for the IU women. I saw a feature on her last night on WDRB because she's from Louisville and also, you know, I've mentioned quite often her ties to Southern Indiana, but coming off of the Big Ten Championship in the regular season, the win on Sunday over Purdue, this Indiana women's team has really been getting a lot of coverage and a lot of love as uh, the postseason for them just around the corner as well. So Grace Berger has been uh, amazing for the team this season. The one game Indiana lost uh, was without her. Indiana undefeated with Grace Berger in the lineup, and I think that just underscores how important she is in so many ways for this team. But it's really neat to see her uh, and this women's roster get a lot of coverage and a lot of love uh, for their accomplishments this season. And who knows what could be added to that list of co- accomplishments. We talk a lot about the Big Ten men's tournament, how important those double buys are and how competitive the games could be. And I don't know that the women's conference is as deep, but there are some really good teams in the top half of that thing. And the women's Big Ten tournament will be a lot of fun as well. And, of course, the IU women will have a big target on their back. There is no question about that. That's the situation for the, the Big Ten regular season winner every year. But uh, need to see Grace Berger and the IU women get a lot of credit. Also, another player with local ties, Justin Betts, was recognized recently uh, yesterday last night at senior day for Bellarmine and uh, how about Justin's career he committed uh, out of Providence had a really good uh, career for the Pioneers thought he was getting into one of the great Division II programs the former Division II national championship and obviously you think you're going to go to final fours in division two you think maybe you're going to commit to a coach and a program that could win an ncaa you know division uh, one or division two championship again but how about the fact that they go to the ncaa tournament and uh you know the the path for bets sure changed there's there's no question about that he thought he was going to a division two power they would become a division one member that would happen fairly quickly and of course opened their first game of division one against duke in cameron indoor stadium and then in their first d1 season earn a postseason bid to the college basketball invitational and of course in its second season won the a sun conference tournament and of course could not go to the NCAA tournament because of the rules for newcomers to division one athletic as you athletics as you transfer as you transition in you can't uh, go straight to the tournament regardless of your successes in the conference in the conference tournament so hats off to Justin Betts he's always done it the right way and uh, started uh, with uh, a Providence career that was great and, of course, Bellarmine afterwards, and he's not only become 
a great player there. Five years for Betts at Bellarmine, but also uh, a leader of that program as well. So a uh, bright future for him. will be interesting to see what his future path looks like. But Justin Betts has had a great career uh, at Bellarmine and represented Southern Indiana well, uh, that is for sure. That's our headlines for this Tuesday edition of the program. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. To a commercial break, we go. We'll come back with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. We'll talk the latest on IU basketball. We'll get you all set for IU and Michigan State tonight as well. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Tuesday program. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Uh, don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, the number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Mike, I mentioned this earlier, and uh, I think tonight the crowd will be different. The feeling will be different. And obviously I think it's going to be a tough situation for Indiana to enter itself in, but it's necessary to recognize what the Michigan State campus has been through here in recent weeks. There have been a number of tributes from other Big Ten teams, and when the team has been on the road, a very nice tribute, I thought, over the weekend at Michigan. But uh, it's it's going to be different tonight. It's going to be emotional tonight. And before we even think about basketball, I mean, what a tragedy on that campus. Yeah, no doubt about it, Matt. Um, and, and I think it's it's really it's going to be emotional for everybody, including Michigan State. You know, their their fans, their students. Uh, that I just saw that they are doing a whiteout tonight with their crowd, but it's going to be a, a completely different kind of whiteout. It's a whiteout unity theme. Um, you know, I'm sure there'll be some ceremonies and, and things like that before the game, but it's just, you know, it's just one of those deals where there's, there's no right way to process something like this. You know, these, these kids in East Lansing have been through a ton over the last week, and it, it, there's just no way to know how, how it'll go for, for each individual person, both from a fan perspective in the seats from a, and from a player's perspective, I'm sure. Uh, th- those players all know somebody that was impacted in some way from from what went on and had their own experiences from that night. Um, it's been real interesting watching Tom Izzo's press conferences over the last week. He, he's clearly been impacted by it. Um, I, he, I've seen a side of him over the last week that I've never seen before. So, yeah, just, just a really unique and unfortunate environment to, to go into tonight. And you just kind of go into it with no idea how it's going to impact uh, what seems like, relatively speaking, uh, an insignificant basketball game. Yeah, absolutely. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Nine o'clock tonight on ESPN. You know, I think the real thought when I think back to this game the first time, it wasn't Trace, even though he was good. It was 
it was uh, uh, excuse me, Tamar Bates, and just an outstanding performance that he had. At that point, I think you and I and many others were buzzing that this is Tamar's breakout, and he's going to play a significant role on this team, and that's what I think we all expected from him when he came into the IU program as a big-time recruit that had uh, decommitted from Texas. And obviously, things have not continued that way since that Michigan State game. I read earlier this morning he scored 22 points collectively over eight games. So it hasn't necessarily the good play, the, the role maybe we thought continued for him since the first Michigan State meeting for IU. Yeah, I remember thinking going into that game that, that the matchups were good for him to at least have a big role in the game because Michigan State was going to go three guards, especially not having really call back uh, at, at that point. And so, you know, I think he probably went into that game knowing that, that he'd have a big role and he, he responded well, as, he, as he's done, you know, a fair amount at home. The, the real challenge for him has been on the road. Uh, if you look at his home and road splits, they've been you know dramatically different. Um, and obviously, tonight's game's on the road. And, and that, as you said, even even just looking at what he's done at home or away since that Michigan State game, um, I, I think he's only had one game since then where he even made two shots in, in a game after making five threes in, in that Michigan State game. So it's it's been really hard to, to figure out what's going on with him. Um, He's a guy that I feel like has the potential to play such a key role for this team because they they continue to need somebody out on the wing that that has some versatility to their game that can can make threes but can also get to the rim, get out in transition, and just bring some uh, new aspects to this team from a scoring standpoint. But it just hasn't been there for him. He just cannot get into a rhythm. Um, Maybe maybe seeing something familiar uh, on the opposing uh, sideline will help him tonight, uh, but it just hasn't been the case on, on the road. So it, it's difficult to go in it as expecting that he's going to have a big night, but you just never know. Talking IU Michigan State with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. You can read his work at thedailyhoosier.com and follow him at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. Let's talk about Michigan State for just a moment. It's not been a banner year for Coach Izzo in the Spartans. There was a point of the season, if I remember correctly, where we all wondered, would this be the year that Michigan State does not make it into the tournament? They've rebounded somewhat from that, but they still have been fairly up and down, Mike. Yeah, it's been a complete roller coaster ride, really. If you go back all the way to the beginning of the year, they they pulled off wins over Kentucky and Villanova and Oregon. Uh, really had a stacked schedule at the, at the beginning of the season. So there, there were some tough losses against some really good teams mixed in there as well. But what really stood out is they, they were holding their own and often winning against, you know, top 20-type programs and, um, you know, had a good stretch in December and into early January. But it's really been since, you know, mid-January. Some of it does have to do with Malik Hall, who's, you know, one of their top players, a veteran out on the wing who does a lot of different things for them. But here of late, they've only won four of their last ten games uh, with a lot of, you know, everything going on. They're playing some role in that. They lost their most recent game after uh, their first game after the the tragedy there. But there's a lot of different variables that have contributed to it. And, And to this point, it doesn't look like your typical Michigan State team that you think of that kind of turns a corner in February. I mean, there's still time for that, of course, and they do seem to be 
getting healthier, Hall is back and, and playing, and they're kind of rounding back into form from a health standpoint. So, you know, you, you don't want to you don't want tonight to be the, the night that they kind of do turn that corner, but that potential still exists, and I don't think there's too many out, people out there at this point who are doubting that, that Tom Izzo can write this shift. How does Michigan State guard Trace Jackson Davis tonight, and what were your takeaways from how they tried to guard him in the first matchup? Uh, Izzo talked about that yesterday. Um, you know, I, I think the, the trend that we're seeing with, with coaches guarding Trace, I feel like Underwood did this and Chris Collins did this, is really just to throw the, the kitchen sink at him and not just go in with one one idea like, you know, Underwood in, in the first game never doubled the entire game. Um, and I think other times we've seen coaches – double every time I, I think what you're going to see is you know as many looks as possible just to kind of keep him guessing keep him off balance make him read every on every possession where the trap's coming from where the double or dig or whatever they want to do is coming from so that it just kind of takes away that you know that quickness that that first step that enforces him to be more read and react rather than you know comfortable uh, that that's what Izzo suggested he's going to do. It seems like you know nobody is shutting down or slowing down Trace Jackson Davis. He's had 18 or more points in his last 11 games, so there, there's almost a concession there that that he's going to get his 20. It, it's a, just a function of you know how hard do you want to make him work to get it. Um, maybe you get some turnovers out of him through the process, and um, I think one thing one thing we've definitively. I think seeing it is you just can't do what Underwood did in that first Illinois game and, and let him go for 35 because uh, ultimately that's just too easy from an efficiency standpoint. Um, so I think we're going to see just a lot of different looks. Double teams coming strong side, weak side, you know, guards dropping down, trying to dig on the first dribble, things like that. Just to keep him guessing was is what I expect to see. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Weapons for Michigan State. I know that also has been a little bit of a, a roller coaster as well. Different players, different games. Who are the key players Indiana needs to be aware of and focus on tonight? The, the guy that I think is the most dangerous that can really you know change the game is Tyson Walker. He, he's a, a undersized guard, but he's a really good three point shooter right around forty percent. Can also be dangerous off the dribble. I, I think that's a weapon in and of itself. For, for Michigan State in this game, when they go three guards with AJ Hogard, Walker, and Jade Nakins, I think they can, you know, maybe expose Indiana a little bit, who struggled against, you know, three quick guards. To, uh, you know, if a team wants to go five out and really emphasize the dribble drive and try to get to the rim, I think Michigan State had some success with that in the first game, and could potentially, you know, try to explore that route again in this game. Um, you know, Joey Hauser had a really nice start to, to the game up uh, down in Bloomington uh, uh, in January. I think he's a, kind of a hit-or-miss guy. I think the, the interesting thing about that game is that was, I believe that was Ray Thompson's first game back from his knee injury, and he wasn't himself at all. Um, and I think maybe that kind of caused Indiana to be a little choppy at the start of that game. But I... I I think Joey Hauser is a dangerous three-point shooter. He's at 43%, and he can also, you know, score in the paint as well. So, so he he's a guy that can definitely 
change the game and, you know, kind of similar to Matthew Mayer with Illinois, can get hot from three and you kind of have to know where he is at all times. I think where Indiana can dominate this game is is in the post. I think Mady Sissoko is a, a young guy who's, you know, not probably probably not big or strong enough to handle Trace, and if Trace can beat him before doubles come, um, I think that that was ultimately a big difference in the game last time. I think Trace started that last game 0-4, but ended up with 31 points and 15 rebounds and five blocks numbers that are ridiculous that we've kind of grown used to here over the last six to eight weeks. Um, but that, that's where I feel like Michigan State has to prove themselves. They've got some younger, inexperienced guys that, that haven't quite uh, lived up to the traditional Michigan State big man that we've grown accustomed to seeing over the years. So I, I like Michigan State's guards in this game, but, but I, I think Indiana might have the edge in, in the front court. I want to get to a text on the text line that's that's interesting, not real positive. Texter says, I use men's team is too mentally weak to show up and overcome MSU's emotion tonight. They will get drummed by 20-plus. Now, uh, appreciate the text. Not a lot of positivity there. But, Mike, I do want to spin that into a question for you. How would you rate at this point in February the mental toughness of this team when they have their backs against the wall in a ball game or they're put into a tough environment? And I know tonight's environment is going to be different because of the tragedy that's taking place on the MSU campus. But is this IU team a team that you think is mentally tough or do they lack some in that area? I think relatively speaking, compared to what we've kind of grown accustomed to seeing over the last, five years or so, I would say they've definitely made strides in that area. You think about that, that Illinois game on, on Saturday, uh, you know, when when you were at 12 minutes to go in the second half and they were down, uh, I believe it was nine, and still still down, you know, very late in the game. Those are the games we kind of grew accustomed to them collapsing in the end and not finding ways to win. Um, you know, you want to talk about mental toughness. Uh, Jalen Hutchifino you know, in that game, throwing a, a really bad pass that, that Illinois took for a pick-six dunk and gave them a lead with just a couple, less than two minutes to go, and then immediately coming back and hitting a mid-range jump shot. That, that's mental toughness to me. He's providing something Indiana hasn't had in the past. I think Trace's, you know, overall determination and, you know, just effort and physicality it kind of goes to that, that same place that they have won plenty of games you know that the the game at michigan uh they they closed out at the end with you know what was it eight stops in the last five minutes you know the, the Rutgers game the purdue game they've closed out a lot of close games in the end to suggest that that text is a little bit misguided in my opinion now tonight's game to me as we alluded to at the open is entirely different just because all the variables involved and you know, you don't know how that's going to impact the Indiana kids either. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think mental toughness is a limiting factor for this team right now. All right. Another topic coming out of a very busy weekend is Trace Jackson Davis told Stadium that he will not return to Indiana next season 
for another year of college basketball. Uh, his departure has been, or potential departure, has been a huge offseason conversation uh, the last few seasons, but it seems like now, here before we even get to the postseason, uh, we know the status of Trace. Are you surprised by his announcement, even before the season ends, that he will move on at the conclusion of the year? And I guess his path is to try the NBA and see what happens with professional basketball. No, I, I wouldn't say I'm surprised, and I, if anything, I'm, I'm glad that he did it for for Indiana's perspective. Like, what, what you wouldn't want to have happen is he kind of sat on that decision well into April after the season at, while Indiana is uh, trying to recruit somebody to replace him out of the transfer portal, which is where I think we're going to end up. I think the, the numbers that he's put up this year, the way Indiana has played through him this year, is just about as good of a recruiting pitch as you could possibly make. And so for other guys around the country that, that feel feel like, you know, obviously nobody's going to replace what he's doing, but for big men around the country who are considering transferring, who, who see the way he's produced, who see the way Indian has used him, you know, they, they see now that that opportunity is available rather than in mid-April, perhaps when when you know they've already decided on another possibility, so I, I think it's it's a really good thing for for Indiana, and I don't think you know based on people I've talked to since he said that, I don't think that, that this is coming as a surprise to, to pretty much anyone, especially with the the way he's played the last two months. He's actually worked his way up draft boards, at least on you know the people that do the projections. He's you know a consistent second rounder now. I think he's so dominant in my opinion, that, that NBA franchises are going to look at him and say, okay, he, he's worth taking a second-round risk on because he's able to do so much, and especially if they can see him knock down jump shots in private workouts or, or at the combine. You know, I, I think he's only going to help himself. Mike Schumann, The Daily Hoosier. One other men's question. This has nothing to do with tonight or the rest of the season, but now that we do know Trace's future, uh, and that he won't be coming back for another year. And I know it's so hard to predict this because things can change on a whim in college basketball these days, but should this be based on the current roster makeup and what's coming in next season from a traditional recruiting class? Should this be a very active offseason in the portal for Mike Woodson and his coaches? Yeah, I mean, I, I, honestly, I think it has to be. Uh, you're, you're talking about potentially losing your entire starting five, at least the starting five that they had at the beginning of the season. Um, and you only got two kids coming in from the uh, high school ranks who probably neither one you, are, are the type of guys you look at and say, that, okay, those are the Chifino types that are they're going to be big-time producers from day one. So, yeah, I mean, I think there are clear transfer portal needs as we sit here right now. You know, you can't count on the fact that you're going to land a, a Malik Renewer, Tamar Bates, you know, as a late change of heart from, from the high school ranks either. So the, the portal seems like where it's at here, you know, right after the season uh, for Indiana to fill what's probably going to be several needs, you know, first and foremost being that that, that spot that, that Jackson Davis is going to uh, leave open. Point guard uh, with 
Pochettino likely gone. He hasn't said anything, but you know he's trending towards that direction as well with his play and you know the, the way he's looked at by the the NBA world. He's moved up the projections of just about everybody I've read and seen over the last month. And you know, obviously Xavier Johnson's out of eligibility. So yeah, point guard uh, in the post, and, and you know some. More proven scoring on the wings would be the areas that I think Indiana's going to have to attack. Uh, it's going to be interesting. They were one of the few teams that added nobody from the portal last year, and, and that continuity, I think, played a big role in uh, you know the success that they've had this year. It's going to be a different kind of offseason, different kind of you know developmental path for the program going into next year. You've seen some teams struggle trying to kind of. Uh, patchwork together a roster and make it all work uh, via the transfer portal. But I think that's, by and large, where Indiana's going to be next year. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Mike, I want to talk a little IU women's basketball with you for a minute, and I want to hit the Thornton's text line. Texter says, an interesting Big Ten game tonight that affects our IU basketball team is Iowa at Maryland, 8 o'clock on the Big Ten Network. If Iowa loses, they can't catch our Lady Hoosiers because they'll have three losses. If they win, they could still tie us if they beat us on Sunday. So Indiana, the Big Ten champions, but there are some things with other teams in the conference to pay attention to here over the next few days. Yeah, no doubt uh, that that game at Iowa this weekend has been kind of out there as a, a headliner. I think Iowa announced they sold it out several weeks ago, so it would be kind of interesting if if they lost at Maryland tonight, which I think is very possible. Maryland's you know, right there among the best in the Big Ten and tough to be on their home court. Um, so it's possible that that game at Iowa ne- next weekend really is meaningless from, from Indiana's perspective, other than you know maybe protecting the, uh, their, their spot as a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. That might be one thing that they're playing for uh, still, uh, you know, especially with the Big Ten tournament coming. Uh, if, if they lost a couple games in a row uh, or lost two out of three or something like that, that could knock them out, out of that spot. So but I'm sure they, even if that game loses its meaning from a Big Ten title standpoint, I'm sure they'll go out there ready to play. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. I don't know, were you at the women's game on Sunday against Purdue? No, I had one of my colleagues down there, but I was not there. Uh, amazing environment it sounds like and I just can't wait to see I'm going to make a point to be at one what NCAA tournament games in Bloomington will be like for the women you know in the women's tournament get the opportunity to host if you're a higher seed and Indiana should be in that situation for sure I don't know that the competition will be too stiff for them early in the uh, NCAA tournament but an opportunity to host with the type of season that this group has had and now the type of media attention and fair fanfare that they're getting it's been really neat to see women's basketball here in the state get a lot more love this season yeah I mean you're, you're talking about a program that that was averaging uh, before more and got to IU averaging like 1500 people <laughs> for a game and you know to have you know, not just the 17,000 there for Purdue, but they've had several over 10,000 this year. Um, it's just dramatic, and it just shows that, you know, to use the cliche, if you build it, they, they will come. I think, um, you know, Indiana, everybody knows, is a basketball crazy state, and they respect good play. And everybody I talk to, that's who's kind of a 
uh, new to, to watching the, the women's program. That, that's what stands out to them is just how fundamentally sound and, and how um, well coached this team is. And I, I think the fans really appreciate that. And this team has just been dominant. It's You know, you mentioned they're, they're certainly going to be hosting NCAA tournament games. I think they'll be well attended. Um, and, you know, in my mind, this is a Final Four capable team. Um, I think Mackenzie Holmes is National Player of the Year. Conversation good. I think Terry Morin is National Coach of the Year good. I mean, it's just a, a magical season that's all come together for them. Yeah, no question. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, he has got all kinds of content up about the IU men, the IU women, the Michigan State game tonight, the IU women Big Ten championship on Sunday, Trace Jackson Davis and more. Mike, uh, appreciate being able to have you on Tuesdays, and we'll do this again. Uh, We're in a great time right now, and both the IU men and women, they're squarely in the discussion for March Madness. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's good to be back in this type of situation. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Mike Schumann with us on Tuesdays. Thank you, Mike, and we'll head to a commercial break. The Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. A couple high school basketball games tonight and this week. We'll mention those in the next segment. And, of course, sectionals get underway next Tuesday night here in the area. Stay with us. You're listening to a Tuesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back. Final segment here on this Tuesday program. IU Michigan State tonight, 9 o'clock is the tip-off. That means the pregame show here on the Big X with the great Don Fisher begins at 8 p.m. And some high school basketball tonight as well. New Albany going to host Brownstown. It's the second-to-last home game for Jim Shannon. We will broadcast the Friday game, which will be Coach Shannon's home finale for the Bulldogs after 25 years. But, Justin, tonight I've got a couple things scheduled uh, looking forward to trying to make it by the doghouse in time for the varsity game to see this Brownstown team. I got to see him a week ago against uh, Floyd Central. But Jack Benner, what a year he's had. I know he's a Purdue commit, so some of the IU faithful that listen probably shudder a little bit when I mention his name. But he's had an outstanding season and uh, an opportunity to see him at New Albany tonight. I think I'll take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't blame you. He's he's a lot of fun to watch. He's I think you said it accurately. New Albany's got their work cut out for them tonight. But, Matt, how come every time it seems like there's a player in this area – that I just absolutely love their game. Take Trey Kaufman, Wren. Now you got Jack Benner. How come they're all going to Purdue? Why? When are yeah. we going to get one player that I enjoy watching in this area go to Indiana? Well, Romeo Langford, just there you go. There you gift, go. There you, you know? go. So, but I agree. There have been a number of players that uh, you think might make sense or might fit in the mold, and 
Purdue's not been active and successful down here over the course of some years. But you're right. In recent years, they've been able to pull a few from this area for sure. Yeah, I, I the one that really stings me is Trey Kaufman, Ren. It's, he's arguably my favorite high school player that I've seen in southern Indiana in my lifetime. And when he chose Purdue, man, that just hurt. And now he's he's really coming into his own playing well up there in West Lafayette. You know, yeah, he is. I'm glad you mentioned that. One thing with Trey Kaufman Wren from an IU perspective that I think made things even worse is that even though at the end I'm not sure people were confident the Hoosiers were going to get him, remember the decision leaked. He was going to announce it at Jeffersonville on the student-run station, and I guess he recorded the announcement. Yeah. It leaked the night before. It was live, and, and so that big fanfare they had, fanfare they had built up to the next day got out early, and that was, I think, really a big disappointment yeah. for Indiana fans locally. Yeah, it was kind of a bummer. And actually, the kid that interviewed him um, for that announcement, I had I actually saw him the day of the announcement before that it had come out, actually, officially. And I asked him, I was like, is it good news? And he wouldn't say anything. So I knew. I didn't see the leak personally, but the way he looked at me, I was like, okay, he's he's going to yeah. Purdue. That was, that was a bummer. Yeah, but but again, local, you know, I know we talk a lot of IU, but it's great to see the locals do well. Oh, yeah. You mentioned Trey, after a redshirt year, is finding his role at Purdue, and I think the future is going to be really, really bright for him with what Coach Painter does and how he can be utilized. Yeah, no doubt. I, I really enjoy watching him. And once Zach Eady's gone, just that's, that's going to be his paint, you would think. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, uh, Brownstown Providence, it's a potential rematch in the sectional. We're working it out where we'll be both in Seymour and Southwestern that night, thanks to the help of John Spears, who you will produce here in just a few moments. Who wins that rematch if it happens? Man, that's tough. I, I was telling John off air, I think that's honestly going to be one of the best games in the state that night, or at least on terms of paper. Hopefully the actual game plays out that way as well. It's it's really tough to say, Matt, because Providence coming off their state championship season. I actually saw them this past week. They are just clicking on all cylinders. But a guy like Jack Benner makes all the difference in the world for a team like Brownstown. So yeah. if they continue to ride him, I, I, I just hope it's a competitive game. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's going to wrap things up for our Tuesday program. That was Justin Kalen, the producer of this show and many others here on the Big X. Have a great Tuesday. Check out the IU game tonight. We'll have a full recap tomorrow on our Wednesday program. Coming up Friday night, Bloomington North at New Albany, 7-15 airtime. The finale at the Doghouse for Jim Shannon. Back with you Wednesday at 11. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison.